The, the Lord's Supper is found in every gospel except for John. All right, it's found Matthew, Mark, and Luke, but not in John. But I wanted to, we're going to go to Luke chapter 22 today, and I'm just going verse by verse, and we're going to end this with uh, communion. Uh, Luke 22 verse 1 says, The festival of unleavened bread, which is also called Passover, was approaching. Now, if you remember, Passover began in Egypt. Thousands of years before, Passover was the night that God instructed Moses to tell the children of Israel, kill the lamb, take the blood of the lamb and put it on the doorpost and across the lintel, across the top post of the door. And when the death angel comes over in the land, when he sees the blood, he will pass over you. And there was a distinction then between the children of God, the children of Israel, and the Egyptians. There's supposed to be a difference between us and the world. Amen? We're supposed to look different. We're supposed to act different. We're supposed to talk different. We're, we're not supposed to go do all the things that the people in the world go do. You know what I'm saying? There should be a separation line. So there's a separation line here between the children of Israel and the Egyptians. And God said to Moses that you and the children of Israel are going to celebrate this feast for generations to come. And just look what God did. When did Jesus die? He died on Passover. That was deliberate. God did that deliberately because he was our Passover lamb. And it says here that Passover was approaching and the leading priests and teachers of religious law were plotting how to kill Jesus. But they were afraid of the people's reaction. Now, isn't it amazing? Isn't it amazing that the people who wanted to kill Jesus were the religious people? The people who will give you the most trouble and in your walk with the Lord a lot of times will be religious people. It'll be people who call themselves Christians. It'll be people who say they believe just like you believe. It'll be people that, that look at you and you don't quite uh, meet up to the standard maybe that they have or you're not quite like them or whatever. And so religious people gave Jesus more trouble than sinners did. You're going to encounter more opposition from the household of faith than anywhere else. Why am I telling you that? I'm telling you that that you just keep on marching because you're not experiencing anything different that Jesus did not experience. I remember years ago, I mean, this is a long time ago, I can take you to the place, I can tell you the person, I can give you the date. When someone very influential in my life, it was, it was um, January 31st, 1982. How about that? January 31st, 1982, and there was a person in my life at the time that was very influential. I had just been in the church. I just received the Holy Ghost for about six months before. And um, there was a, a, an interaction that went down, and I, I was a young kid. I was a stupid kid. I was a mouthy 15-year-old. And so I just said what I thought. And, now, 40 years later, I were, yeah, I wouldn't say that now. 
I just kept my mouth shut. Because now I would realize you can't fix stupid. But then you think you can fix stupid. Right? So I tried to fix stupid, and uh, stupid got me. And this person who was a, a very influential person in my life told me, they said, you know, you were actually much sweeter and nicer before you got the Holy Ghost than you are now. They liked me better when I, than when I was a sinner, Johnny. I must have been a really nice sinner because they liked me more then. And they said all these things to me, and I, and, I, and I was just new in the Lord. I just wanted to live for the Lord, and it was a person of authority in my life at the time. And I was devastated. And so I talked to my brother, uh, her dad, and I, I'm like, you know, what, what's all this about? And he had to help explain it to me. And as I look back on it now, I just kind of chuckle because, you know, after a while, it's like, wait, that ain't nothing. What are they going to do? I mean, it's like when I'm talking with Brother Linkoff, and he said, you know, we could be arrested. Said, what do you mean we could be arrested? He said, well, Brother Tracy, nothing, nothing wrong with being arrested. I said, well, I really don't want to get arrested. Well, he said, have you ever been arrested? I said, no, I've never been arrested. I said, have you been arrested? He said, well, yes. I said, how many times have you been arrested? Oh, about 300 times. I said, 300 times? Yes, he said, they take you, and they take you to jail, and they book you, and they do the paperwork, and then they tell you not to do this anymore, and then they let you go. It's like he had it down. Well, I don't want to do things that are bad, and, I'm, and, and so my brother has to talk me off of this cliff, and... It's like, you know, wow. And, and I noticed then that everywhere I went, it probably was my pattern. Everywhere I went, I, every, if I encountered a lot of trouble, it was from religious people. It was from people who took something I said or thought I said, twisted it up, and then made a big story out of it. And now I'm trying to figure out what I said because uh, my personality and my temperament is we don't hang on to words. All right? We just shoot the words out, and then we keep on going. And... So, you know, I've got to explain this again. It seems like everywhere I went, religious people. So when you're encountering situations, and it may be religious people that the devil will use to try to, to mess up your thinking, okay? It'll, the devil will use anything he can to get a hold of you, and he'll use people who are close to you. He will use people who walk in the same circles as you do at times. So always beware that now we are coming into the time when we're going to have the Lord's Supper, what we're talking about today, the Lord's Supper. But behind the scenes, there's already trouble brewing. Behind the scenes, there's already problems because there is a plot in the community to get Jesus. Now, they don't want to get Jesus while there's a big crowd because Jesus is way too popular. Jesus is way, way too popular with the people for them to just come in and take him and arrest him. So they're trying to devise this plan where they can get him secretly. If you want to notice something, when anything coming out of Washington, D.C. that's very controversial, when, they, when it's a law and they want to pass it when nobody knows about it, they do it late on Friday night. They do it late on Friday night because then there's no real news on Saturday or Sunday, and then by Monday everybody's forgot about it already. So they don't have to be responsible and held accountable for what they passed into law. And they don't have to explain it to anybody. The leading priests and teachers of the religious law were plotting how to kill Jesus. This guy went around doing good, healing people, teaching, delivering people. 
You know what? You can be the best that you can be, and somebody's always out to get you. You can be living for God and being doing good for all kinds of people. The enemy's going to have a trap for you. Look at verse number three here. Then Satan entered into Judas Iscariot, who was one of the twelve disciples. And he went to the leading priests and captains of the temple guard to discuss the best way to betray Jesus to them. Look at how that they describe it here. The devil entered into Judas. Devil got into Judas's thinking and into his reasoning. This is behind the scenes. We're talking about, we're coming up on the very first original initial Lord's Supper. This is the one where Jesus is going to say, I'm not going to eat with you now. You know that Jesus hasn't eaten since before this? That he's in good shape like Danny. You know, in January, I went to California with two stick men. I was like a plump, plum, with Johnny, Ty, and Alex. They just eat whatever they want. I said, "Look at you, eat whatever you want, and you just look at, look how, look how you look." I said, "I wish I'd give you some of this. I would. I'd give you lots of this." I said, "Because you're going to need it when it gets cold. Skinny people get cold." Amen. You're going to need some of this. By the time it was over, Johnny's got his hoodie up over his... He, when Johnny flies, Brandon, he kind of reminds me of you. Covers up his head, gets in a ball, I, you know. When Brandon flies, I don't know if he still flies like this or not, but he used to cover up with a blanket, curl up in the seat, cover up with a blanket, and all you saw was this piece of meat, this flesh under this blanket for eight-hour flight. And once we landed, eventually it came out from under the blanket, and there it was again. But, you know, you have all of these things. We're, we're talking about the Lord is this. He said, I'm not even going to eat with you until we sit down in the kingdom with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. So the Lord is waiting for that. That's the marriage supper of the Lamb. So he didn't even partake of this last supper. But he, he said, I'm going to wait until we're all together once and for all and, and, and it's all said and done. But notice that the devil is working behind the scenes. The people, the, the leaders of the religious people are working behind the scenes. What are you saying, Pastor? I'm saying that, guess what? As you walk with the Lord, you are never going to have a chance to have a time when everything is going to be completely as you wished and perfect as you want it to be. You are always going to have tribulation. You are always going to have troubles. I don't know if you've noticed this yet or not, but as you walk with the Lord, it seems like anything that can go wrong does and will go wrong anything that you try to do for the lord you try to take a step for the lord you get pushed back two steps you have good intentions you have a plan that you want to put into action in your life and there's always opposition am i talking to anybody in here there's always opposition have you ever said you know what wouldn't it be awesome if i could just walk with the lord and not have any opposition do you know that baseball stadiums would be full today of people living for the Lord if they didn't have opposition? If there was no devil that you had to fight? The churches would be busting out overflowing if there was no opposition. 
But you're always, in the, Jesus said, in the world, you're always going to have tribulation. You're always going to have trouble. And so behind the scenes, we've got the devil trying to get into Judas. Behind the scenes, we've got the religious people who are plotting to kill Jesus. And they were delighted. The religious people, they were delighted, and they promised to give him money. So he agreed and began looking for an opportunity to betray Jesus so they could arrest him when the crowds weren't around. Now, uh, the festival of unleavened bread arrived when the Passover lamb was sacrificed. Jesus sent Peter and John ahead and said, go and prepare the Passover meal so we can eat it together. Where do you want us to prepare it, they asked him. He replied, as soon as you enter Jerusalem, a man carrying a pitcher of water will meet you, follow him at, at, at the house he enters, Say to the owner, the teacher asks, where is the guest room where I can eat the Passover meal with my disciples? He will take you upstairs to a large room that is already set up. That is where you should prepare our meal. They went off to the city and found everything just as Jesus had said, and they prepared the Passover meal there. Now watch. Jesus told them exactly what to look for. You're going to find a guy carrying a pitcher of water. Do you know that in that culture, most men didn't carry water? It was the ladies. When I was in Africa, all the ladies carried water. All the ladies did all the work. I'm just mentioning that. Just thought I'd throw that out there. And we'll go on. Um, so he said, you're going to find a man carrying water. You follow him, and when you follow him, you go to the house, and, you, uh, and where he goes, you go to the owner of the house, and you say, the master wants to use your uh, a place. He needs a place for this, the Passover, and he'll have it all ready for you. So in the midst of all of the action behind the scenes, the devil is working on the disciples here. And, and the, the religious people are plotting to kill Jesus. In the midst of all of this, Jesus is still saying, this is, don't worry, I just want you to focus on these things right here. Listen, your focus is very, very important in your walk with the Lord. You have to stay focused. Do not let your focus get detoured. Do not let your focus get skewed and get off of the target. All right? Uh, so I have a, a nightly ritual. I get to put my arm in a... Um, in a it's called a jazz brace. I don't know if you ever heard of that or not. Basically, you're putting your arm in a in a uh, winch, and then you twist it so it puts the fire out of it for 30 minutes. And so while I do that, I try to watch TV. Well, last night I watched TV on the F-15 fighter. Watched a documentary on the F-15 fighter, and you know the F-15 fighter. Uh, they actually used, actually they said that this is the, probably the, the most sophisticated, very best fighting jet that was ever developed was the F-15. Uh, in, in its combat history, they have 104 kills. You know how many F-15s have been killed? Zero. That's not too bad. Go Air Force. Aim high, baby. There it is, aim high. Now, what they also said was, do you know that in the, in the 1980s, 
Some of you remember this. Some of us more mature people will remember this. We had a president by the name of Reagan, Ronald Reagan. Oh, Lord, we could use another Reagan. You know, Trump was as close to Reagan as all of them. Ah, anyhow. So the Russians would, every couple weeks, the Russians would send up a satellite spy. And the satellite spy, they would launch into orbit, and it would only be in orbit for a couple weeks, and then it would fall back to Earth. But they were spying on the U.S. military. And so what they decided to do was they said, we're going to take an F-15, and they got, they got the major general, uh, who was, I can't remember his last name, and he was going to be the pilot. He took off from Edwards Air Force Base in California, and he went to 39,000 feet. Now, first of all, he went to 35,000 feet in about 17 seconds. And you've seen commercials where the dog's hanging out the window and his cheeks are blown back. That's how this Major General's cheeks were blown back as he was climbing straight up. What, like nine Gs or whatever. Anyhow, what they, they, gave, they put one missile on this F-15. And the mission was this. You're going to go to 39,000 feet and you're going to lock in to that satellite that is orbiting the Earth at 17,000 miles an hour. And we are going to see if we can knock out that Soviet satellite with an F-15. Because if we can, the Russians will be deterred and know that if you put up more satellites, we're just going to shoot them down. Because this was what they called the Cold War. This was before Germany was one country. It was when East Germany and West Germany were separated by the wall and all of that business. So the mission took place, and the mission succeeded. And it turned the tide of the Cold War. If he would have been off just a couple feet when he launched that missile, he would have missed that satellite. You see, you have to keep your focus. You have to keep your focus exactly on the Word of God. And you have to keep your focus exactly on the orders that God has given you. God has given us all orders, and that is to be fruitful, multiply. Spiritually, that means to walk with him daily. That means to take up your cross and follow him and deny yourself. He's given us orders. But you see, the enemy would like for us to get off, off focus just one-tenth of a degree or half a degree. You know, they say, now, Marty, here's where your trig comes in and your calculus and all this, I'm sure, and all of that business. But, you know, if you're trying to get to the moon and if they would be just a half degree off on their projections and on their, their target area, you can miss the moon by hundreds of miles from the time of launch to the time you get to the moon just because you're off a little bit in your initial focus. So that's why we read the Word. That's why we put the Word in us. And it's normal. Listen, it is normal for you to walk around on earth living for the Lord and have opposition. Can I say that again? It's normal for you and I to have opposition. It's normal for us to have problems. It's normal for us to have a co-worker that's a knucklehead. It's normal for us to have people that are of the household of faith that give us problems. This is normal. Don't throw in the towel and say, I must be doing something wrong. I'm telling you, there was behind-the-scenes activity going on while Jesus is getting ready to do the Last Supper. There's all kinds of activity going on. 
But you see, you have to stay focused. You have to stay right where the Lord put you. Stay on that focus and that tra trajectory. There we go. And so they found everything as the Lord had said. They prepared the meal. When the time came, Jesus and the apostles sat down together at the table. Jesus said, I have been very eager to eat this Passover meal with you before my suffering begins. The Lord is eager for you. The Lord is looking for you. Right? John 4, 24. For, the Lord is, for God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Right? The next verse says, For the Father seeketh such. The Father is looking for us. Johnny, when you were in, in Thailand, or you went in Thailand. No, you don't want to go to Thailand. Who wants to go to Thailand? They got beaches. Johnny has no beaches where he's from. He's landlocked. When you were in Laos, doing your thing when you were 12, 15 years old, 17 years old, before you came to the States, the Lord already had his sights on you. He already had a plan for you. He's already got a purpose for you. He's already, he's already, every, every thing in our books have already been recorded. Psalm 139, 16 through 18. You know, we're fearfully and wonderfully made, the King James says. And then the New Living Translation says, everything in my life, every event in my life was already recorded before I took my first breath. Your destiny's already been planned, but you see the devil wants to shove you off of your destiny. He wants to shove you off of your plan. He wants to get you off of your orders. He wants to get you uh, uh, away from the, from the focus of what the Lord is trying to do. And the Lord said, I have been eager to do this. He said, I will not, I'll tell you now that I won't eat this meal again until its meaning is fulfilled in the kingdom of God. I'm not going to eat again because i got things I'm going to do here. He took the cup of wine and gave thanks to God for it. Then he said, take this and share it among yourselves, for I will not drink wine again until the kingdom of God has come. What's he saying? He's staying focused. You stay focused. You know, I don't know if you've ever said this or not. You know, oh, wow. It would be so much easier living for God if there wasn't a devil. Anybody ever thought that? Or is it just me? Okay. I mean, it's like, it'd be so much easier if I didn't have all this opposition. It'd be so much easier if people just leave me alone and I could do what the Lord's called me to do. Look in the Old Testament, there was a wall builder by the name of Nehemiah. Nehemiah was trying to rebuild the walls of Jerusalem. And while he was trying to rebuild the walls, the enemy had came out to taunt him and to threaten him. The enemy's name was Sanballat, S-A-N-B-A-L-L-A-T. How would you like to have that name? Sanballat. And so Nehemiah said, I'll tell you what we're going to do. Because of Sanballat, he said, what we're going to do is we're going to put a sword on our side and we're going to have a trial in our hand. And whenever we don't have to fight with the sword, we're going to put some more blocks up on the wall here. Right? All in all, it's just a, another brick in the wall. That's what, some of you got it. No, some of you didn't. 
So he said, when we get ready to put another brick in the wall, we're going to do it. But when the enemy comes, we're going to have to pull the sword out and we're going to do some fighting. There's going to be times that you're going to be in the middle of doing the will of God and you're still going to have to fight. You're still going to have to stay focused. You're still going to have to try to plug your way through it and prod your way through it and push your way through. And Jesus said, you know what? I'm, I'm excited to be here with you boys today. And he said, there's things coming up. So he took some bread and gave thanks for it. Then he broke it into pieces and gave it to the disciples saying, this is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of, to remember me. After supper, he took another cup of wine and said, this cup is the new covenant between God and his people. An agreement confirmed in my, with my blood, which is poured out as a sacrifice for you. So even though, now you know, Jesus is God. He's 100% man. He's 100% God. He knows there's stuff going on. He knows Judas is full of the devil, and Judas has got a scheme. He knows that the religious people are out to kill him. He knows all this. In fact, there were times that when Jesus was talking to his disciples, he would say, I'm not going to say anything else to you because the prince of this world has come and has no power within me or with me. So he said, I'm going to keep my mouth shut. Let me say something here. The devil does not know what's going on in your mind. Let me say that again. Let me take a drink and hydrate my cords. I can't believe none of you hardly got all in all. You're just a, a brick in the wall. The devil d cannot read your mind. Only one can read your mind. Well, maybe two. Never, never, just one. All right? Only God can read your mind. Because God is omniscient. He knows all. The devil is a created being. He cannot read your thoughts. He only operates with what he hears. So what you speak is what he works on. Oh, that's why the word says that death and life are in the power of the tongue. And by the fruit that comes out of your mouth, that's what you live by. Uh-oh. So we have to be careful what we're saying because the devil is listening to what you say. And so when he listens to what you say, when you say, I'm having a bad day, he says, you know what, go on, come on, give me another load of bad day. Bring it right up here because I'm going to dump it right on Johnny Ty. That's what happens when you sit right there, Johnny Ty. You get to be the illustration all the time. You're off next week? You're going to move next week? You're going to move back there? Okay, see, you'll be safer. I might find you, though. And so give me a little bit more of a bad day, and you just keep pouring bad day on Johnny. And then let Johnny get a, get a phone call. Let, let one of his customers cancel on him when he, 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 planned, he had a doctor's appointment. Had to take his mom to the doctor, but he couldn't take her because he had an appointment that he had to do somebody's hair. And then the person calls and cancels because they can't come because they're having a bad day. So now he could have took his mom to the doctor and she could have got better. But now the devil says, I'm going to just throw a little bit of bad day on Johnny. I'm going to throw a little anger on Johnny to get mad at that client who canceled because she had to have her hair done, but then she, it was not important enough to her to get her hair done, so she canceled the appointment, and now my mom's still sick. Are you seeing what I'm picking up here? Are you picking up what I'm dropping? Is that how you say it, Danny? Are you picking up, are you picking up what I'm putting down? Danny's helping. Are you picking up what I'm putting down? 
when you just go around saying, I'm just broke, I'm just broke, I'm just broke, the devil says, you know what? I'm going to help your headlight to go out, and then the newest cop in Van Day is going to pull you over in the middle of the night. Because you got a burnout headlight. You know have a burnout headlight? Yes, it just went out. Oh, I haven't had time to fix it yet. I got pulled over for a burnout headlight one time, and I was almost out of gas. And I had a whole bunch of kids with me. You remember that, Amy? Coming back from, we were down south somewhere. We got outside the great city of Chaubonier. Got pulled over. Sir, do you know that your headlight is burnt out? Yes, it just burned out last night. But officer, I'm telling you, can you ride behind me after we get done talking? Why? Because I'm almost out of gas. And that way, if I run out of gas, can you call somebody for me, some help, maybe AAA or somebody, or Aaron Lay? I don't know, maybe somebody. So the devil says we're just going to let the headlight burn out. He only operates with what we say. That's why we have to be careful the words we speak. We live by the words that we speak. And so the, the, Jesus is saying here, you know what? This is a new covenant that I'm getting ready to set up here. I'm, I'm showing you a new way. And as he's doing that, he knows that the devil's behind the scenes. But he said, here at the table, sitting among us is a, as a friend, is the man who will betray me. For it has been determined that the Son of Man must die, but what sorrow awaits the one who betrays him? The disciples began to ask each other in which of them would ever do such a thing. How many of you remember the Statler brothers? Lord, is it I? They all began to cry. Remember that one? Did you ever hear that one? It probably sounded a little bit better than that rendition, you know. Lord, is it I? They all began to cry. They all wanted to know who it was. Who's going to be doing this? They began to, now look, they began to argue among themselves. Watch now. Jesus is laying out the new covenant in his blood. He's laying out the plan, and the disciples start fighting with each other. So not only do we have the plot of the religious people to take Jesus down in secret so the people in the community don't get mad and have a riot, not only do we have the devil now fighting and coming into Judas's thinking and making Judas think and plotting out how he's going to secretly betray Jesus, now the disciples are arguing among themselves who is going to be the greatest. And you thought that you were dysfunctional. Oh, I got a message I'm going to preach about dysfunction one of these days. I got a, it's, good, it's going to be a good one. I'm not, I'm not asking you to raise your hand, but I tell you, there's a lot of people in here that said, Lord, I don't even deserve walking with you. I don't even, I, don't, I shouldn't even, Lord, I, I'm not even worthy. You know what? That's a lie. That's a lie. The Bible says that Abraham believed and it was counted him righteousness for righteousness. Abraham was, came from a heathen nation. He came from Ur the Chaldees, a heathen nation, a nation that offered up children as sacrifices to Molech. They're putting babies into a burning fire inside of a, an iron statue. 
And they're putting their babies in there to watch them burn alive to let the god Molech be satisfied. That's where Abraham came from. But the Bible says that Abraham believed God and he became righteous because of his belief. Now, we are the Gentiles, and according to Galatians chapter 3, the blessings of Abraham are to come upon the Gentiles also. If the blessing of Abraham is to come upon the Gentiles also, so is the righteousness of Abraham supposed to come upon the Gentiles also. So, brothers and sisters, first of all, God doesn't make mistakes, and God is not into collecting junk. He called you, he filled you, he put his spirit in you, he put his anointing on you, and you are placed in the household of faith. You're full of him. And now the devil wants to get in your head and say, you know what, you're not worthy, you shouldn't even be here, you make all these mistakes, you do all that. Guess what, there's none of us in here that haven't made a mistake. There's none of us in here that haven't done wrong. There's none of us in here that hasn't done the wrong thing at the wrong time or the wrong thing at the right time. All of us have sinned and come short of the glory of God. But the devil wants you to think, and he wants to put stumbling blocks in our minds and our thinking that says you're not worthy, and God should never have called you, and God should never have used you. Guess what? Here we got the disciples all sitting around the table, taking the first communion, sitting there with the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, who is getting ready to go and hang on a tree and shed his blood for the sins of all humanity, and these guys are fighting over who's going to be the greatest. Are you kidding me? You know, maybe the Lord scratched his head and said, OMG. Remember one time, a lady used to go to church here, and her granddaughter texted her and said, Nay, nay, my boyfriend broke up with me. I'm so sad, I'm crying, I'm sad. Well, Grandma was trying to be a blessing. So she decided she'd be, I don't know what those are called. What are those called? OMG, are those emojis? LOL, OMG, you know what I'm talking about. Abbreviations, acronyms, acronyms. So she meant to say lots of love. <laughs> but she didn't sp spell it out. She just put LOL. Baby, it's going to be all right. You didn't, that boy didn't deserve you anyway. Nene loves you. LOL. Well, needless to say, that was not the interpretation that the granddaughter got. So I don't know what Jesus was saying here. Was he saying LOL or OMG or, you know, rolling on the floor or whatever. And they're fighting amongst themselves. He's trying to lay out the kingdom covenant here. He's trying to be uh, serious and say things are getting ready to change. I'm getting ready to suffer. And, you know, they couldn't, even, they couldn't even fathom or imagine what was coming because they had never seen anything like this before. They, they didn't realize that the miracle maker from Nazareth is getting ready to die. I mean, they're going to go into depression. They're going to go into fear. They're going to go into anxiety. 
they're going to be scared to death because once the, the, they, kill Jerus- they kill Jesus in Jerusalem, then they're going to be headhunting all of his followers. And so Peter's going to be locked up in a house, and all the disciples are going to be locked up. In fact, Peter gets so depressed, he says, I'm going back up north to, Nazar- or to uh, Capernaum and the Sea of Galilee. I'm going fishing. I'm going fishing. And so while Jesus is laying all of this out and they're trying to explain to them, they want, they're fighting who's going to be the greatest. I'm talking about being behind the scenes. Behind the scenes in your walk with the Lord, brothers and sisters, you may encounter trouble every day you walk with the Lord. You may encounter opposition every day you walk with the Lord. I will tell you this, if you can encounter opposition from the enemy, you must be doing something right. If the devil is fighting you, you must be doing something right. If the devil's, you know what? He's not going to fight somebody he's already got. You know how many people are in bed bed sick right now, puking their guts out all over the sheets because they had a good night last night? I never liked throwing up, ever. I don't know why people like throwing up. They drink and drink and then they throw up. One of my biggest nightmares, one of my greatest nightmares is this, getting sick on a plane. And I'll tell you why. I'm going to be real transparent. Can the pastor be transparent? I'm trying to get all my sins out before I take communion. It's not the fact that I may get it on my clothes. All right? It's not the fact that I would be embarrassed just because I was sick. I would be embarrassed. But my problem is, when I throw up, it's kind of along the lines of Gabriel blowing that trumpet that the whole world's going to hear. I'm telling you. I mean, it's like, whoa! I hadn't. I, and I know you, you know, the Lord is, Ginger's going to get mad at when I say this. There was actually one point that I had not thrown up for 19 years. See, now just hold in your anger and hold it in. Yep, 19 years. I knew the last time I got sick and the next time I got sick, it was in the morning. We were married and had, I think Marcus and, or we had, we had Mitchell and Megan for sure. Maybe Marcus, but it was about 5.30 in the morning, and I mean, I, I, I got to the bathroom as fast as I could, and I was hugging that toilet, and I mean, here it came. And it woke everybody up. They thought a moose was loose in the house. I mean, it's, and that's my fear. I'm going to be on a plane, and it's going to be... <laughs> Lord, have mercy. And so here he is. He's like, you know what? Uh, He said, in this world, the kings and great men lord it over their people, yet they are called friends of the people. But among you, it will be different. Those who are the greatest among you should take the lowest rank, and the leader should be like a servant. So here he is. He's trying to lay out the kingdom. And we got the devil coming into Judas. We've got a plot by the religious people to bring Jesus down and destroy him. And now the disciples are fighting amongst each other. Some of you moms have looked in your house at times and all the chaos. Kids are fighting. Your husband didn't do what he should have done. 
He left his underwear laying beside the bed and should have put him in the dirty clothes and he didn't do it or didn't take the trash out or whatever. You know, or man, your wife backed up and hit the pole. That pole's been there for the last 15 years that you've lived there, but you hit it this morning for some reason. And y'all wonder how in the world can we be called a Christian family? And you know what? I'm going to tell you this. It's normal. Okay? It's normal. Because behind the scenes of the Last Supper... Everything is falling apart. Everything is going crazy. And Jesus is just fighting through it. Just fighting through the opposition. Just trying to get it to where it should be. And so that leads us to this today, brothers and sisters. We're going to take communion here. We're going to take communion in just a minute. And I threw some other scriptures up here from 1 Corinthians. Paul reminded the Corinthian church. I want to talk to you for a minute about these scriptures. 1 Corinthians eleven twenty-three. 23. He said... This is King James. For I have received of the Lord that which I also delivered unto you, that the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat, this is my body, which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. Okay, so we do this as remembering. We do this as honoring the Lord. Okay? And it it was very hard during COVID. I mean, you know, I had to preach... The empty pews. Some of my best messages were the empty pews. I mean, I'm sorry. I'm sorry I didn't preach them good when you were here, but I mean, they were really good when, I mean, Danny wasn't distracting me. Johnny wasn't distracting me. Ginger wasn't just pews. I just kept rolling. Because I look at Danny, he's like all tanned and lean and thin. And Lord, I can just be skinny. But now we're coming back together and we're honoring the Lord today and that sacrifice that he did on the cross what he did on the cross and he said after the manner also he took the cup and when he had supped saying this is the cup in the New Testament is in my blood this do ye as often as you drink it in remembrance of me for every time you eat this bread and drink this cup you are announcing the Lord's death until he comes again so that's what we're doing we're announcing the Lord's death until he comes again. I don't know where my musicians are, but maybe somebody can find them. Amen. And so, uh, this next scripture has, has caused a lot of people to not take communion. Verse 27, so anyone who eats this bread or drinks this cup of the Lord unworthily is guilty of sinning against the body and blood of the Lord. Now, I grew up in old-time Pentecost. And I'm telling you, if you got sin in your life and you're doing this and you're doing you, you and you're going to take the communion, the blood and the bread of the Lord, you're going to fall over dead before you get out of here. It was it was pretty well like that, wasn't it? Yeah. And I didn't want to fall over dead. Amen. At least not in front of anybody. I'd just rather somebody find me. Right? And so, a lot of people don't take communion because of that verse right there. A lot of people are are like, oh, I don't want to do that. But let's look at the New Living Translation. That is why you should examine yourself before eating the bread and drinking the cup. For if you eat the bread or drink the cup without honoring the body of Christ, you are eating and drinking God's judgment upon yourself. Now, I want you to notice what what Paul was talking about here. Paul was talking to the Corinthian church. 
And they would actually, when they would do communion, some of them turned into to banquets. It wasn't a special time of memorial. It wasn't a special time of remembering. It was, it was I'm hungry. We're going to have communion tonight over at Johnny Worley's house. Johnny, make sure you got lots of juice and lots of bread. Now, that's what the Corinthian church was doing, and Paul was correcting them here. And what he's saying is we want to honor and we want to remember the body of Christ that was broken for us. Amen. And so, is there any more of those, Jonathan? That the last one? Okay, because it wouldn't switch on me. So we want to take a few moments here, and we want to examine ourselves. We just want to make sure that, God, I want to be right in honoring you. I want to be right in remembering you. Paul said there was a scripture, the next scripture after verse 27, he said, and this is why some of you are sick, and this is why some of you are weak, and this is why some have even died. Because he said, you have not rightly discerned the Lord's body. And so what he is saying here is not, if you've got sin in your life, we're going to take it. No, no, no. He was saying, what is your attitude toward this? Is this just a, a filling station for your belly? Or he said, are you actually remembering the Lord here? Are you actually honoring what the Lord did? And so think about this. And we're getting ready to, to start examining ourselves here. Think about this. Paul is talking about examining ourselves and how holy the moment was. And Jesus is talking about the covenant of the kingdom going to be done in his blood. And all at the same time, the devil's in Judas, tricking Judas. And all at the same time, there's a plot to kill Jesus and take him. And all at the same time, the disciples are arguing who's going to be the greatest. So I'm telling you is, Family Worship Center, keep walking with the Lord. Every day, you're going to have issues. Every day, you're going to have hurdles to cross over and jump over. You're going to have things you're going to have to work through. And if that's happening, you're doing right. Let's all stand. That means you're loving the Lord. That means you're working the Lord like you should be. Working in the kingdom, walking in the kingdom. Lord, it, it was comfort to me as I looked at this. Everything behind the scenes. It was a comfort, God, to know that we encounter some of the same problems, some of the same situations, Lord, that you had to work through. With distractions, Lord, we're trying to get people all on the same page and all on the same team, that we're all going to work together, march together, be together. Lord, to realize that there is an element of the enemy, the devil is trying to always knock us off balance and always knock us off guard and always take us out trying to thwart your plan and your purpose and destiny in our lives so lord we just thank you today for working through all of that giving us an example lord that is if we fight our way through if we trust you we walk with you that god you're going to be there for us you're going to help us so, Lord, right now, as a congregation, we stand before you, and we ask you, Lord, to forgive us of our sins. We search ourselves introspectly. We search ourselves right now in the name of Jesus. We ask you, God, to forgive us of the sins that we can confess right now to you, those sins that we know we've committed. We also ask you, Lord, to forgive us of those sins and those offenses that we don't know that we've committed. I ask you, Lord, to cover them in your blood right now in the name of Jesus. I ask you, Lord, to just give us a peace in our minds and our hearts as we take on this supper right now. 
here in a few moments as we take the elements, God, and we celebrate your sacrifice. Thank you for taking that sacrifice. Thank you for taking that plan, Lord, and implementing it. The lamb slain from the foundation of the world. Oh, God, I love you today. We love you in the name of Jesus. So, Lord, take us now and cover us with your blood. Cleanse us, Lord. Forgive us of our sins. And I pray that, Lord, not only are our sins forgiven, but I pray, Lord, that you would give us strength to overcome in the name of Jesus from now on. I pray, Lord, that you would give us victory over that area in our life that maybe we can't seem to get victory over. I pray in the name of Jesus that you would help us give us strength right now in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Let's just listen to the song here for a moment. Uh -huh. 